0: Hey, good evening. How's everybody doing this evening? Uh, before I get to the final message in this series, I want to do just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, number one, if you saw my Facebook Live the other day, I apologize, but if you saw it, uh, you know that for the teens and the youth workers, we're going to try to do a Zoom conference session uh, Monday, which is tomorrow at 5:30. Um, I will send a link out on the texting chain and probably. Uh, and definitely through the app, so that you guys will have access to that, and then we'll go from there and see how that goes. Um, I believe that's probably the only announcement. We're going to keep going forward with this. Uh, We are going to keep doing everything we can do uh, from here, live stream and everything, so we're going to get started tonight, and then I'll talk a little bit at the end, too. So we are in the final week of this series, which is Always Keep Fighting. Uh, And this week we are going to be talking about... Paul, and Paul is someone who is often thought of as a hero. He's often thought of as a a leader in in the Bible. He's one of the most influential Christians in the entire uh, history of time, basically. Uh, He despite his beginnings, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, despite his beginnings, once he gave himself to Christ, once he accepted Jesus, once he changed who he was and changed how he lived and changed how he looked at things, uh, he started churches. He taught people how to be disciples. He worked with the disciples. He was arrested for his faith. A lot of things happened to him. And through that time, I would imagine that people kept throwing back his past because at one point before that, he was a murderer. Uh, There's no ifs, ands, or buts with it. Uh, He helped to destroy Christians. He helped to arrest them. He helped to hurt them. Uh, He he wanted the message of Jesus gone forever. And, And when Jesus called him... He had so many different options. He could have ran away. He could have done all of these different things. But he said, okay, you know what? I admit I'm wrong. And sometimes it's really hard to admit that you're wrong. But I bring that up in a talk about depression uh, because Paul, there's a point that I'm going to read that scripture uh, where he talks about a thorn in his flesh. Now, a lot of different pastors and a lot of different theologians and a lot of different people have talked about uh, what that thorn could be. A lot of people think that it might be anxiety. A lot of people think that it might be a physical person, an actual person who is hurting him. Uh, For me, I have always felt that it was kind of geared towards depression. It's difficult to look at him in some ways where you see this brash guy who really stood up. But then when you really look at how he treated people, you really look at how he spoke, especially after his conversion, you could see that he really had questions about himself. He really had issues. And one of the things that that I try to point out with depression is it's not that you wake up and you're like, you know what, today it's a Tuesday, and so I've decided that I'm going to be really sad. Uh, it's that you are always, you wake up at like a four or a five, if everybody is a one to ten on the scale of happiness. Uh, and so some people, and you know them, they wake up at like an eight, and they're like waking up, they're singing to the birds, uh, birds actually help them get dressed, and they get all excited and they're happy, and they're jumping up and down, and they, they do cheerleading things all day, and not just cheerleaders, but people too. Cheerleaders are people. but. They do all of these different things, and they're always happy. It seems like they're always happy, and that's like an 8. And so when something really good happens, they can go up to a 10. Some of them can turn it up to an 11. They can go up a little bit, and it's like, wow, that is such joy. That's such exuberance. Uh, Some people wake up lower than that, and they wake up, and you kind of never really see it. You never really see uh, their smile. You never really see how they, they feel because it's hard for them to show that. Uh, most people wake up somewhere in the middle of those two things. You wake up, and if something good happens, you get happy. If something bad happens, you get sad, and you kind of deal with those things along the way. Uh, When you suffer from depression, you wake up at a low number often. But you can go up a little bit. You can go up to about average and maybe a little above average if something really good happens and you have good things going on and, and things are how you want them to be and things are going well with your faith and they're going well with your relationships and they're going well with your friends and your family and everything. Then, then you can kind of move that up. But then sometimes something will happen and sometimes it's a small thing that other people won't even notice and you'll drop down that scale all the way to a two or a one. Uh, as part of this series, and this wasn't live streamed because it was before... COVID, uh, we did a a teen suicide prevention uh, seminar where where we talked about that because people who struggle with depression are are prime uh, in that, that issue with suicide where if they get so low and they don't seek help, they don't talk to someone, they don't realize then they can look for solutions that aren't good solutions, and they can stop trying to get better. They can stop trying to fight, and that's the whole point of always keep fighting. That's what depression is, and so as I go through this scripture for Paul, I want I want to focus on the way that he says things, and the way that he acts, and how he still is bold for the Lord, and he still has his faith so strong and so big, but, but as he talks about himself, or, or as he speaks, period, you can kind of see these moments of questioning himself. Not questioning the Lord, but questioning himself. So I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 10. This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. Uh, I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago, whether I was in my body or out of my body. I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be experienced in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. He's talking about an experience where he witnessed heaven, where he witnessed paradise, but as he starts immediately, he starts saying, you know, this boasting will do no good, but this is what happened. This is what I have to say. What it seems to me like he's saying, what it feels like he's saying because I've been in this position is he's saying what I'm going to say is good and I believe it with my whole heart. I believe it with everything that I am. This matters to me. This matters to to you and it's something good but you're probably not going to like me. You're probably not going to like what I say. You're going to think that I'm boasting. You're going to think that I'm saying the wrong thing. I'm going to question everything that I said. And yet he kept talking because he believed so strongly. And so that to me is a sign of him questioning who he was. He brings up boasting because before that, there were probably a lot of people that that said to him, yeah, back when you were a Pharisee, you just talked about how great you were. And you talked about this and you talked about that and you were boasting and you were proud and you were egotistical. And so he remembered that and he felt it. And so he was changed over time and he was converted to, to Christ. He was converted to be to be better, to be stronger, but he also was still human and he still very much had those flaws that, that humans have. And so even though his faith was strong and even though he worked it hard and, and took the, the message out to the world and, and went against face to face with other Pharisees, with other Roman soldiers and, and said, I believe what I'm doing. He still had these doubts about himself. He still had these questions about himself. Um, I've made several jokes about my Facebook Live, and part of the reason I do that is because in my head, and I don't think this through, it just kind of works that way, uh, but, but in my head, it's like, well, if I make fun of myself, then I'm going to be able to stop other people from making fun of me because I'm making the jokes about myself, and that's kind of how I live my life. And again, this isn't like I wake up and I'm like, you know what, today I'm going to make a joke about Rob uh, taking puppies to a puppy mill and doing, like, putting them in a wood chipper and things like that, but today, I'm going to make jokes about myself and about my hair and about the way I look and about the way I speak and I'm going to make fun of my Facebook Live. No, it's just I have that voice in my head all the time like I believe Paul did, where it's like, they think you're boasting. Like, man, they think that that you think that you're awesome on this Facebook Live, so you better talk about how bad you are and you better talk about this. And again, it's not like all of this jumbles in my head and comes out that way. It's like that's how I truly feel about those things, and that's what depression does. Even when I'm having a good day, even when things are going well, uh, small things can kind of send me veering in a spiral of depression, not like a horrible one like it used to be, although sometimes it can be. But but sometimes small things will happen, stupid things will happen, where it's like no one else would even notice. And, and I'm like, oh, I've ruined everything. I have completely broken this relationship. I have completely broken this. I've completely done this. I've completely messed this up. I can't believe that anyone ever talks to me. I can't believe that anyone ever liked me. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And those are the voices going on in my head all of the time. And, and that's what makes depression hard because even when you are a strong Christian and I believe strongly in my faith and I've prayed and I've given it to him, I still have those voices in my head. Now, I also have that faith and I have in my heart Jesus saying, look, you're enough. And I understand that. But it's very hard to kind of go forward each day with that. And that's what I believe Paul is feeling here. He's witnessed heaven and he's witnessed. He's one of the only people, if not the only person, who was called by Jesus after Jesus went up to heaven. Now, Jesus talked to people, but but this was like a personal interaction where Jesus actually said, hey, you're going to be a disciple. Now, it's an amazing thing. And he discovered that. He felt that. He lived that. And yet he still questions himself and he still worries about himself. Uh, I want to go to the next section, which is verse five. That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, uh, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message even though I have received such wonderful uh, revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Um, that thorn, I believe, is his depression. I believe that is what he's dealing with, and maybe anxiety is keyed into it, but, but I've always felt that, that he really dealt with depression. Now, he shows how strongly Uh, You can feel something and yet still push through it. He is an embodiment of always keep fighting. Because regardless of how big that thorn was, regardless of how hard that thorn felt, regardless of how much his life hurt, regardless of how little he thought of himself, regardless of how much people didn't trust him because of who he used to be, he still stood up each day. And he still started churches and he still preached and he still spoke and he still helped others and he still healed others and he still went on mission trips. He needed all of these great Things because of who God is in his life. And he says that. He's like, he goes on and on again about the boasting. And he says, look, I know that I suck at talking. And I know that that you guys probably are questioning me, and you guys probably know about my past, and you guys probably worry about me, and you guys probably think this, and maybe you don't trust me, and maybe you, you don't like my hair, and maybe you don't like my beard, and maybe you don't like my jeans. And he probably didn't say that, but maybe you don't like this, and maybe you don't like that. But, but, I've got to talk about Jesus because that's all that I have. That's all that I am. And so he talks about him and he preaches about him. And he says, I feel like I would have been too proud without this thorn. Um, As I said, in Paul's past, he was a Pharisee. And he was one of the Pharisees that went around and said, Jesus... You don't deserve to be a minister. You're not as good, as us, good as, as us. We are better than you, and so people should come to us. And he was one of the people who murdered Stephen, who murdered other people and went, was going when he was converted to arrest Christians and put them in chains and maybe do worse because he believed that he was so right that there was no possible chance anyone else could be right because he was the only right. He was basically a politician before politics were a major thing. Like, he was like, my way or the highway, guys. This is how it goes. And the problem there is he was no longer listening to God. He was no longer caring what God said. And, And so when Jesus calls him, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so when he says, without this thorn, without this depression, without this anxiety, I would be a jerk. Now, there are times that I've been trying, I've tried to deal with my own depression in different ways, and I'm like, man. What would I be like if I didn't have this? Like, would I be one of the, the, the frat guys you see on college movies that, that treats everybody like junk? And I'm not saying all frat guys do that. I'm saying on specifically college movies. But, but it's like, would I be that type of person? Would I be the type of person who doesn't care about others' feelings because he only cares what he thinks? He only cares what he thinks is right. Would, would I be that type of person? And I don't know. I, I like to think that I wouldn't, but, but I don't know. And so I think maybe the depression is kind of helping me to be a better minister because one of the things I've said before is I will never say I'm so glad that I struggle with depression. I'm so glad that I get this this burden to bear. I'm so glad that I get to hate myself every day. I'm so glad that I get to worry about cameras every time I see them. I'm so glad that I get to worry about all this and all that. But I get to see people in a way that I don't think everyone gets to see them. I get to understand people in a way that not everyone gets to understand. There are a lot of people who don't care if someone says they're dealing with depression, not because they hate that person or they think that person isn't worthy, but because they don't understand. And society kind of uses depression as just sad. You know, if you're having a bad day, you're like, oh, I'm depressed. But, but depression is a, a, a clinical thing, like it's a, a mental thing. It's an emotional thing. And so I can understand that because I feel it. And I understand what it's like to hate yourself. I understand what it's like to, to not feel love. And so I do my best to help others feel that. And that is ways that I can look at it and say, well, I understand what what good comes from this. Uh, And so I believe that's what Paul is saying. One of the things that I go through, too, and if you know me, you know this, uh, I keep my birthday a very closely guarded secret. And I have a lot of reasons for that. Um, Now, there are people I know that are watching this that are like, I know when your birthday is. Congratulations. Don't tell anybody, uh, Mom. But I I know when it is, uh, and I know that some people do, but it bothers me very much because to be the center of attention, and I realize I'm on a live stream, and I realize I preach, and I realize that I lead, and all of those things. But to be that type of center of attention makes me feel such anxiety and such inner turmoil that I just don't want to deal with it. I would rather the focus be on other people. I would rather the focus be on someone who who doesn't feel that way, on someone who doesn't. And I don't care about birthday presents. I don't care about things like that. However, if you want to send me money, that's cool. But With that, it's something that I deal with over time, and I've had people in my life who understand. There are a lot of people right now in my life who who are like, I get that. You know, I don't get it, but I get it, and and so I'm going to honor that. I've had people in my life who are like, yeah, you're wrong what you want. Like, you think that you don't want your birthday. What you actually want is a surprise party so you can walk in and feel like the the dumbest person in the world when everybody yells at you. Uh, What you actually want is this. What you actually want is that. Because, again, when people do that, When people feel that way, they're not trying to be jerks. They're not trying to be mean. They're not trying to be cool. They just don't understand and they're trying to help. And always keep fighting also applies to people who are trying to help because you have to always keep fighting to help them see who they are. You don't push them in negative ways. You don't push them beyond where they're comfortable. You don't tell them what you think. But you keep fighting to listen. You keep fighting to be there, to show them that you care, to show them that you're someone in your life. And so, maybe there's going to be some day in my life when I'm like 75 or or 90 or something, which is like tomorrow, uh, that I'll be like, oh, you know what, I'm kind of cool with birthdays now. But, But for most of my life, I've not been. And most of the people are like, that's stupid. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. But that's something that I struggle with, and that's something that kind of manifests depression for me. And Paul is saying Things like that. He's like, you guys don't understand exactly what I'm saying, and you don't know where I've been. But but I'm trying so hard. Just listen to my words, because even though I may be stupid, and even though I may suck, and even though I may be ugly, and even though I may have done bad things in my past, my message is true, and that's what Paul is doing, and that's why he's saying, despite this thorn, I'm still going because I'm still going, because one of the things that is most important with the Always Keep Fighting series and with the Always Keep Fighting message and with the whole deal of dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, dealing with self-image problems, dealing with, with PTSD, dealing with so many of the other things that we didn't have time to talk about is that every day may be a battle But as long as you are fighting it, you're winning. And just because you deal with one of those things, just because you struggle with one of those things, even if it's hard and it hurts, you are still worth it and you can still do things. Um, I absolutely struggle with this and I've said it over and over again. And yet I still minister and I still stand in front of a camera and and I awkwardly walk around and say things. And and it's not that I think that I'm worth it, it's that I think the message is. And so Paul shows no matter what you struggle with, with, no matter what's going on in your life. You still have value. You still can help other people. You still can minister to other people. You still can reach other people. Maybe it's not a public thing like I do. Maybe you can give money. Maybe you can give food. Maybe you can help in a food pantry. Uh, maybe you can do things when everybody is not stuck in their homes, but, but you can help them. You can Eh, we'll probably shake hands at some point, right? You'll probably, you can shake hands, you can wave, you can just say nice things, you can just pray about people. There are so many ways that you can minister. I've known several people who have uh, made prayer cloths and prayer blankets. There was a lady from my last church, and she had a big group of people with my last church, uh, and there were older ladies, uh, wonderful ladies, and and her name was Edith. She's recently passed. Uh, she made dresses for girls in Haiti. And then beyond that, she made prayer cloths and made these big blankets for, any, for people anytime they went to the hospital. And, and a lot of people helped her with that. But that was her ministry. She wasn't necessarily somebody who would stand in front and talk. She liked to keep the camera away. And one of the things that she'd say when it came to her funeral beforehand, uh, she said, I want people to just kind of be there and, and eat and have fun. I don't want people to talk about me. Uh, because she didn't like the spotlight either. And there are people like that, and yet they still have such value. And so where Paul is standing up here and doing all these things through his depression, there were other people in the Bible and other people throughout history and other people throughout Christianity who, who had different aspects, who maybe sang in the choir, or maybe ran sound, or, or maybe w- w- uh, worked as a janitor or, or worked as a building superintendent or did something. Because one of the things that you'll find the people that are in the public, and I talk about this when I talk about the Capital C Church, the people who are in the public eye, they're the ones that we see as the face of the church, rightly or wrongly, and, and that's good, but there are so many people that have so much to do to help with this, and, and when you have depression, when you struggle with that, sometimes you think, well, if I can't do that, then, then nothing I do matters, and that's not true. And so that's what Paul is saying, and so I want to go on to the next part of the scripture. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, That's not something that Paul just came up with right then and was like, you know what? I haven't really thought about this, but this is exactly how I live, and I just did it right this moment. I would guarantee that no matter how much depression Paul suffered with, this is something that day by day he had to deal with over time. And he's like, man... Today was really hard, like some of the people in the church said, you suck, Paul, like you used to do this, and it hurt me so bad. Some of the people didn't seem like they listened, and some of the people didn't care what I was saying, and he probably took that home and dealt with it and cried over it, and and then the next day, maybe something else bad happened. He was persecuted, he was hated, maybe something else, and over time, because he kept fighting, because he kept growing forward, over time, he would build up this tolerance to where he still felt that pain, but he would say, Okay. Even though this hurts me, I'm going to do my best to turn it into good for others. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to take away the power. I'm going to to show people who I am. I'm going to show people who God is. And, And so daily he would get up and battle. And daily he would get up and talk. And daily he would get up and do this thing. And there were probably days that he didn't want to get out of bed. I will guarantee there are days I don't want to get out of bed. It's very easy when everybody's on quarantine. But there are still days where I don't want to get out of bed. Speaking of quarantine, there's a wonderful band that, used, that is The Lasting Hope now, or lw and uh, Craig Bannister used to be in quarantine. I promise I'd give a shout out. Uh, greatest band ever. But speaking of that, uh, there are a lot of people who don't want to get out of bed and then do. There are a lot of people who don't want to get out of bed and don't, and they'll lay there for a while. One of the things that I want to say is there are going to be days that you feel like you lost your battle because you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to do this, you don't want to do that, and you don't do it. And you're like, well, I've lost, I'm worthless. No, 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 because you're still alive. And as long as there's life, there's hope. And so always keep fighting doesn't mean that you win every single battle. It doesn't mean you win every single day. It doesn't mean everything goes perfectly for you. It doesn't mean that it's never a problem. It doesn't mean that your depression, your, your anxiety, your PTSD, your, your self-image, it doesn't mean none of those things ever hold you back. It means that even though they do sometimes, you still get up the next day or the next day. You still keep trying. You still keep fighting. Sometimes it is a daily battle. There are times that I feel pretty okay with my life. Uh, There are times that I'm able to say, yeah, I I, I like doing a live stream, or I like preaching, or I like being a youth pastor. Uh, I I like preaching on Sundays, and I do like those things. There are days that I'm like, I don't know why anybody wants me to do these things. Now, when you have a a public job like this, when you have a, a job where people count on you to do things, like you don't necessarily always have the option of staying in bed. But there are times that I really wish I had and I still get up and sometimes on those days at the end of the day, I'm like, that all sucked. But sometimes on those days, at the end of the day, I'm like, man, if I had given up today, I wouldn't have felt that or I wouldn't have seen that person, I wouldn't have helped that person. I wouldn't have realized that. And so it's a daily battle. Depression is a daily battle. Helping people with depression can be a daily battle. I've had people in my life and I've talked about this before who have given up because it's like you're never happy. You're never happy enough or you're always sad or little things set you off and make you sadder and you're just hard to be around. And I get that because that's how I feel. But I've also had people who are like, hey, you know what? Today's not your day, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. Or, hey, I'm going to text you and you can reply when you want. Uh, And things like that because people do care. People do care about you. You are enough. And that's something that is so important for all of these things. Um, there's another scripture I want to read because this is one of the ways that, that I kind of help myself battling this every day and one of the ways that I think can help you. And so this is Philippians 4.8, and this is from Paul. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is, what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Um, What this says is think about good things, think about right things, think about holy things. Now there are different ways to take that. You could say uh, don't have negative thoughts about people, don't have negative thoughts uh, uh, about things, don't have negative thoughts period, and that's true, that's accurate. But it also kind of gives you an instruction manual on what to do each day, because you're going to have negative thoughts if you you suffer with depression or you suffer with any of these things. You're going to have throughout the day negative thoughts about yourself. I would love to tell you, and it is possible, and I've said this in each of these weeks, that if you pray and you truly take this to the Lord and you give of yourself completely and you're like, please heal me. I have known people that have been healed, but I've known people that haven't been healed. And I'm one of those people that hasn't been delivered from this. That doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that he's not strong enough. It means that there's a different path through it and you can keep fighting, you can keep going. And so this is one of those ways. When you feel that hatred about yourself, and you will when you feel that, that anger about yourself. When you feel that self-loathing. When you feel that worry, that anxiety. Stop yourself and think, okay, I get what's happening. And it's hard to be able to stop. This is going to take time. It's going to take effort. And you stop and you're like, okay, what's something good about me? That's really hard. One of the things I do with the teens in small groups is we have good, bad, where you say something good and something bad from your week. Uh, do that if you struggle with depression. You're gonna say the bad things. You're gonna focus on that. But stop and be like, okay, so I get what's bad about this. I, I get that the camera was shaky on the Facebook Live, and, and I get that Stevie had more personality than me, and I get that my hair was kinda messed up and I kept looking at the wrong spot. I get that, those are the bad things. But A lot of people watch this, and so they must have gotten something from it, and that's good. Even if they got the joy of laughing at me, like they got something from it. And so you find something good. Oh, Stevie's cute, and I get her, so that's cute too, that's good. And so you stop in each moment, and it's going to take practice, and it's going to take time. And there are still going to be days where you feel like you can't do that. Or you say, I don't care about the good. I'm just going to come up with bad and bad and bad. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's going to be harder and harder and harder. But do not give up. Always keep fighting because every day that you are alive is a win. Every time that you're fighting is a win. There is no shame in having bad days and having bad weeks and having bad months. There is no shame in that. But do not give up because you are worth it. And so listen to the words of this scripture and think, okay, so I'm thinking about all the things that sucked. And this week I've kind of focused on that. But what are some lovely things? Maybe not even just about yourself, but do focus on that too. What are some lovely things about my life? What are some admirable things that I've done in my life? What are some good things that people have said or people have done? Have I helped anyone? And you keep asking these questions. And be honest with yourself because I have been there. Where you ask yourself the questions, or somebody asks you the question, and, and, and you're like, yeah, I've never done anything good at all. And I know that's stupid. Even those, Regardless of how much I hate myself, regardless of how little I think of myself, I know that there are good things that I have done. It's super hard to admit that. It's super hard, and it's ridiculous that it's hard to admit that, but it is. But be honest with yourself. Talk to God and pray, and tell Him, and listen to Him, because He won't judge you, and, and That's another scripture that I want to read because this is one of the most important things in the history of our time to know. And this is Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed it through Christ Jesus, our Lord. What this says is that God loves you no matter what happens. God loves you no matter what you think of yourself. God loves you no matter what you've done in your life. God loves you no matter what you're going to do. God loves you no matter where you've been, no matter who you've been. He loves you. And that scripture says that nothing can separate. There are going to be times that you absolutely feel no love at all, because I have those days. There are going to be times that that, that you feel nothing but anxiety and depression, nothing but trauma, nothing but stress, nothing but, but fear for how you look, for how you act, nothing but that. But even in those times, God loves you. Even in those times, His love is pure for you. There is never a point, never a point, where God says, you know what, I'm tired of them fighting I'm tired of this fight. I'm tired of dealing with it. I'm tired of who they are. Never. Because there have been some really bad people in the Bible who ended up doing good things. There were people like David who uh, committed adultery and then lied about it and then murdered the husband and did all of these things to cover it up. And he still built God's temple and he still did good things. He still came back to the Lord. I've mentioned Paul who was a murderer. Moses who was a murderer. People in the Bible did things besides just murder, but there were other things that they did. And and God still loved them. So you are absolutely not always going to love yourself. And people are going to be jerks to you. Because that's how people do. Because what we do is when we wake up and we have a bad day, we treat everybody like we want them to have a bad day. And everybody kind of does that. And over time, as you get old, you kind of realize, okay, I shouldn't do that. And then you're like, oh, I'm old, I can do whatever I want. And everybody does it. But... God still loves you no matter what. And what that says is you have value no matter what. You have value no matter how little you think of yourself. You have value even if no one in your family understands you. You have value even if you don't have a job right now. You have value even if you don't like how you look, even if you've never had a date, even if you've never had a friend. You have value. And I can promise you that God loves you and I can promise you that if you keep fighting, I don't know if you'll reach all of the dreams that you have right now, but you'll come up with new dreams and you will reach those and you will find value in yourself over time as you keep going forward. And more than that, you will bring value to the world because the world has enough people who are so full of themselves like Paul used to be who are so full of themselves and think that they are the king of everything, and that everything they say goes, and that they're the only ones that have a voice. The world has people all over the place that feel that way. But for those of you who know that's not the case, and yet you also know that God loves you, and it's like, okay... I don't want to be egotistical like that, but but I do have something to say. And and I feel like people might not, not care what I say, but I feel that it's good to say. That's what Paul did. And that's what I do. That's what you can do. So trust that value in yourself. Trust who you are. And as I've said, there are days that I do not want to stand here. Not because I don't believe in it. Not because I don't love you. Because I do. And I love Terry, who's standing back there pointing things at me, which I assume makes the camera move. But I'm going to be honest. I don't have a screen. So for all I know, I'm talking to a blank screen right now. I don't know. I just trust him. But, but I, I know that even on the days I don't want to do this, I do it. Because I believe in the value that God can use in me. And that's such a a weird thing to have to say. Because I think most people can say, I believe that I do good. And that's so hard for me to say. Even when I'm doing a message about how it's hard for people to say that. And it's not an act. I wish it were an act. But, But it's not. But it's something that I can show you. Because through my thorn, through my depression, I'm able to speak about it. And I'm able to give voice to that. And I'm able to stand here and say, yeah, I don't think I'm perfect at all, but I think God is. And I don't love myself at all, but God does. And and I don't know that I, I do any good, but I know that God does good through me. And so that's what you can do. Because I'm not special. Just because I have a camera on me, I'm not special. Everybody in the world can put a camera on themselves now. That's what phones are. And this is not a phone in my hand. There's nothing in my hand. I don't know why I did that. But... Regardless of whether anyone sees you or not, you are loved and you have value. This series was about a lot of different mental health issues that that people struggle with. There are so many more. And I wish that I could go for the rest of the year and hit every single issue and talk about them. But I can't. I mean, I could, but at a certain point, it's like, man, you know, I get it. God loves me and that's good. Uh, but, but through this series, it was very important to me. And I would have gone on with the live streams no matter what because I believe in this. But, but this series, I'm like, I have to get this out there. This is my life's message. This is why I was called to the ministry. And when I preached for, for Always Keep Fighting for Depression the first time on a Sunday, I said that because it's true. And so this series mattered. And so I know that someone that is watching, or maybe someone that knows someone that is watching, Feel something that I've said today, and it's like, okay, I, I need help. So good. Start with prayer. But from there, talk to people that love you, and talk to counselors. Talk, talk to anyone that you can that you trust. And keep fighting because you are worth it, because you are enough. Uh, one of the people that I used, and I've gone past where I had it in the slideshow, but, but Jared Padalecki, he's on my shirt. He's one of the stars of Supernatural. Um, I use him as an example because he's one of my heroes for several reasons because I love the show and I love him and I've met him, but but also because of how he fights every day, and what he does every day. He's a tall, uh, attractive guy, he's like 6'4", six 6'5", six and he, he's in good shape, uh, he's got a good job, he, he's about to be Walker Texas Ranger in the reboot, and he's also in Supernatural right now. That's right, Terry was excited about that. But, but he's also uh, got a, a gorgeous wife who used to be on Supernatural, and he's got three gorgeous kids, and, and he has a good life. At a certain point, about five years ago, well, about 10 years ago now, um, he was, had finished season five of Supernatural and he, was still, he had a good life. He was engaged or married, I think he was married at the time. Uh, he had friends, he had money, he was able to travel. And so he was going to a supernatural convention in Europe. And he had set up this day because his dad used to love uh, Swiss timepieces and clocks and stuff. And so he'd set up this day for him to alone just go to Switzerland to, to a clock museum or something. Because that's what people do. And so he, he goes and it's a Swiss holiday like chocolate day or something. And it's a Swiss holiday. I don't know very much about the Swiss, obviously, but, but it's a holiday and they're closed. And he literally collapsed. This is a, a, a TV star, someone with a lot of money, someone with a gorgeous wife, with gorgeous kids, who's attractive and tall and everything people want to be. And he literally collapsed because he struggles with depression. And he collapsed because this one thing, he's like, now most of us would be like, man, that's disappointing. This sucks. You know, I can't believe this. I guess we will have to come back. But in his mind, and he wrote about this, in his mind, he's like, I can't do anything right. I should have checked. He doesn't think, oh, it's dumb that they're, they're not open. He's like, I should have known this. I should have checked. I'm so worthless. And he goes on this spiral, and he was going to kill himself that day. This is 10 years ago. He was going to kill himself that day, but, but Dean, Jensen Ackles, called him. Not about that, he just called him to check on something. And through that talk, he talked to someone else, and, and he didn't kill himself. And he called his wife, and he went home from the convention, and he stuck with them and, and hung out with his family, and he, he did a lot of things that he needed to do. And I would bet, I don't know, because I'm not personal friends with him, although if you're watching, Jared, I will be, uh, but, but I would bet over the course of his life for the next 11 years, there were days that he felt similar, but he kept fighting. Everyone that looks at him would be like, he doesn't have anything to deal with. And we, we feel that way. But if you keep fighting, for him, he's had such value and he's had two kids since then and and the show's been a success and he's done such good with an always keep fighting campaign and and he's helped other people and he's brought uh, knowledge to the topic of depression and things like that. And so he's done good. Had he quit that day, maybe somebody else does that stuff, but it wouldn't have been the same and he wouldn't have done it. So do not give up on yourself because everyone... We'll feel bad at times, but everyone who deals with depression understands your battle. And the people that love you understand your battle, so keep fighting it and keep trusting yourself. Keep trusting God and knowing that you're loved. And above all, always keep fighting. And that's all I got.